Farewell Mortuary Written by Bubbly Couchsurfer and Lichen Trucker Are you in search of scary stories about ghastly things that lay dormant in the shadows of the night? Scary stories that'll leave you with a certain unpleasant feeling, like that of being watched from the shadows. Ones that will leave your mind racing with thoughts that make your skin crawl. Stories so dark and twisted that they send chills down your spine. Stories that will leave you feeling like the characters themselves are trying to drown you, grab hold of you, and all those uncomfortable bumps that leave your imagination running rampant. But oh, just remember, this is just the beginning. As you've only just begun uncovering the dark side of our world, you haven't even seen half of it yet. So keep your wits about you, and get ready for a lot more scares and horrors to come. For now, enjoy these new adventures into the unknown world that we consider life after death, as we may know it. So let's continue forward, and let's begin to find out everything there is to know. The door opened with a squeak of protest at the touch, and the mortician of death stepped inside and entered the main reception area, which was dark and empty. He looked around before settling his gaze upon the small makeshift desk setting upon the stage front and center. It was covered in various odds and ends and old newspapers, all in varying degrees of disarray. The light that shone through the windows cast a hasty glow over the area in which he would be standing. The mortician of death takes a few slow steps towards the stage, his movements silent. As he reaches the desk, he quickly starts pushing the clutter off into the floor. While preparing for his first solo speech, the mortician of death reaches down into his fanny pack and pulls out an old-fashioned spork. The mortician of death's face hardened as he stared at it for a while, before finally picking it up again and aiming it upwards high in the air, slightly blinded by the glare coming in from the upper window. The spork was made from an old piece of hand-carved wood that he and his father had found during the travels. Or, if you must know, they lived a life on the run. The mortician of death's father was a powerful alchemist, and the spork was once his father's staff. His father was one who specialized in all things magic and enchanted, which made his father the most powerful and highly renowned alchemist throughout the land far and wide. But that didn't last long, as his father failed to save Angel Anemia's only child during childbirth. This greatly angered the queen, and she went mad, which led to the queen angel Anemia in search of evil, and she found just that. She found the evil dark witch that had rumored to live in the tall overgrowths of the marshlands. The queen gave her soul to the witch as payment for her to cast a life of damnation on him and his father. They quickly became the most wanted and hated men throughout the lands far and wide. Nowhere they went was safe for them. They were forced to live a life of wanted criminals, but somewhere in his father's old age and many centuries of solitude, his father decided to file his staff down into the spork. He never understood why, but he chose to carry the spork with him in honor of his father. The mortician of death cleared his throat. <clears throat> I'm here as your guide, he announced loudly into the small empty auditorium. His voice was rough, dry, and cracked. He decides to grab a bottle of water, and while rummaging through his bag, 
He becomes startled by the loud ear-piercing sound from the door slamming and open and hitting the side wall. He pops back up and stands right up while shaking his head in disapproval. Wow, it's about damn time you finally decide to show up. Please sit or hang whatever you see fit. There was something almost haunting about his expression as he looked towards the audience, all of which were dead-eyed ghouls that hung lifeless from hooks, that hung down from the ceilings and others were limp, slouching over their chairs, all dressed in their finest funeral attire and ready to hear the words that would surely put them to rest forever. This whole thing is truly depressing, the mortician of death said softly as he sighed. He turned away from the audience. He reached behind him to pull out a large, heavy book titled Crossing Over for Dummies from under his chair, where his black coat was unbuttoned and draped over. The mortician of death cleared his throat. He didn't look like an overly excited person who would all be too eager for an impromptu meeting, rather someone who would be bored out of his mind and ready to start making his rounds in search of new victims. From the next town over and surrounding forest, he took a deep breath and opened the first page as he began to read. Hello everyone, I'm the Mortician of Death, your least suspected Grim Reaper. I hope you're ready to move on to another world, somewhere far away where no one knows where you exist as you'll soon be forgotten by your loved ones who still walk amongst the living. Some of you may have just recently died and still have your wits about you, while some of you may have passed a while ago and have now turned into brain-dead zombies, who now wander aimlessly, lost with no real sense of purpose nor direction. However, if it is the latter, then I must ask you, do not kill nor attempt to scare anyone else from this point on. That only cause quite the uproar when I try to get you crossed over. So, don't go fucking this up for either one of us, as I am new on this job. So, if after a few hours this doesn't happen, then you remain trapped here, and so will I. We'll be left to wander lost and alone for many dreadfully lonely eternities. So, we'll just have to wait and see what your fate will be. Until then... I'm obligated and bound by my blood oath contract to inform you all that it'll all be worth it. You'll get a chance to start over, and you can finally live your life of peace. If you want to do so, I would suggest going into the forest and starting off down the dimly lit pathway, which will lead you to my partner Jasper, the morgue mortician at Farewell Mortuary. As he would say, you bring stiff cold ones, and I'll keep them chilled until slamming time. After that, we can discuss the finer details. So, that concludes today's lesson. Please take your leave and begin your travels. The mortician of death sat down and proceeded to lean back in his chair and stretch. A few zombies shifted slightly. One was missing its head and two were more covered in bandages. They all looked even more sickly than before. It was clear that they were decaying much more rapidly than what was to be expected. If any of you think you were able to still walk well enough, to go without me, please do so. If not, then please let me know. I'll meet you outside the doors. Any questions? There was a silent pause before there was a slight shuffling of feet noises as several of the zombies began to slowly move towards the exit door. The mortician of death stood and began gathering his things. He then jumped off stage and proceeded to push his way through the crowd until he reached the exit. He made sure everyone was cleared out of the building and closed and locked the doors firmly behind him. Now, 
he spoke aloud into the forest beyond where we shall go. Now take that as your cue to enter the portal. He stepped aside and gestured wildly into the darkness. There wasn't exactly anyone in particular that could be seen approaching, but as the group slowly made their way through the woods, the mortician of death noticed how this group of ghouls' eyes began to sparkle and glow. In a clearing about 50 meters from the main road, in the woods of Crossover Willows, a lone figure was walking along the path towards the town line. The air was still and quiet, the only sound being that of the group of ghouls, feet dragging against the dirt ground. That was usually how it went every day when the mortician of death was still in training. But today was his first solo act, and it felt different somehow. Something was wrong. The stranger he had seen earlier was now moving strangely, and kept their head hung down low, like that of trying to conceal their identity. Oddly enough, it didn't take them long to reach the end of the path. However, once they got close, there was something very wrong with the scene ahead. The figure stopped short, as it stared wide-eyed at the side of the town. Its mouth fell open with a wide gasp. Then, there was a bright, blinding flash. The mortician death shielded his eyes. When the flash was gone, he looked up, and it appeared as though the town had been turned into some sort of ghost town, but not the kind that had ghosts. No, this type of haunt was far worse than that of death itself. He gestured to the ghouls to continue forward. They stopped a short distance from the road and stared ahead blankly. There was nothing in front of them, absolutely nothing. Just endless woods, stretching on and as far as their eyes could see. The mortician of death stopped and started undressing, leaving only his family pack on. While he tried to proceed with what he had just seen, why was there nothing in front of him? The group had been following him had just continued marching forward straight towards what used to be a town of crossover willows. But what was happening? The mortician had asked unzipped his venny pack and grabbed his father's wooden spork out and held it like a staff up close to his chest. He froze for a moment, closing his eyes and asking his father's help, before turning slowly around with the spork, gripping tightly with one hand. In the other hand, gripping his main staff, which ironically was the same size as the spork, the group he had following him just continued marching forward straight towards what used to be the town of Crossover Willows. He started to follow the group of undead ghouls cautiously as he walked towards the woods, with his back pressed against every tree nearest to him. There wasn't anything left out here as far as civilization. Well, at least not from the living, breathing and pink fleshy kind anyways. The mortician of death couldn't even feel a cross breeze. Everything just seemed to be frozen completely in place. Even the trees stood motionless and silent. There wasn't even any birds singing. In fact, there seemed to be no wind. No movement whatsoever. It almost felt unnaturally warm as he walked further through the forest. Suddenly he heard a noise in his left. He turned and froze. The mortician of death was beginning to feel uneasy. When suddenly a loud crunching noise echoed throughout the area, he jumped, gripping the wooden stake spork even harder now while making a mad dash towards the group of ghouls. What was that? He screamed. Is, is there danger behind me? The mortician of death began picking up his pace, now terrified more than ever and still trying to catch up with the group of ghouls, trying not to fall too far behind. You know the ghouls he was supposed to be helping cross over safely. You know, the ones he left in charge of guiding into the great afterlife. But you really gotta wonder at this point, who's leading who now? The mortician of death who was completely butt-ass naked 
Inez began to fall into sprinting and yelling frantically, Help! Help! The ghouls all sluggishly come to a half-assed stop, trying to tilt their heads just enough to see behind them, but just enough to not lose their head that's barely staying on by a thin, decomposing, rotting piece of human, fleshy, elastic nerve. The morticians of death fear is evident in his eyes. The ghouls all stood there staring in the direction of their leader, who was butt-ass naked, clenching a wooden spork close to his bare chest. The ghouls just stared dumbfounded and completely unmoving. The sounds were getting louder and were honing in closer behind the mortician of death. He glances around trying to spot the source of the noise. When he caught sight of it, he immediately froze. His heart sank to the grasslands below his feet and his body felt heavy as he watched what appeared to be hundreds upon hundreds of undead marching towards them. The mortician of death and the ghouls that he had finally caught up with were now standing beside him. The mortician of death knew that the odds were in his favor, especially not against this mass of the undead. The horde of undead marched towards him as he stood rooted to the ground. He watched them, transfixed with their faces, which all showed no emotion, yet each had their own set of glowing red eyes, which glowed brightly like a beacon of evil that beckoned them forward. They stopped about 10 meters in front of him as he continued to stand stock still, watching them carefully, but their clothing was darker shade of gray than what he had wore. The only thing that marked them as zombies was their lack of emotional intelligence. The mortician of death didn't want to believe what he was seeing, but what he witnessed was undeniable. There before him was not one zombie, but dozens of them. The entire horde had formed a circle around him, blocking any escape route. Every single one of these zombie ghouls were holding different weapons, including swords, axes, and maces, although most of them seemed less than competent. A lot of them were missing hands and arms, and others had large gaping holes in their stomachs and chests. Many of them looked ill and tired, and most of them were wearing rags, torn clothing, and tattered shoes. Most had scars or tattoos scattered across their bodies, and a number of the older-looking ones even had teeth missing from where their gums should have been. All of their skin looked extremely gray, and most of them had various amounts of blackish and yellow-infested bites scattered across their bodies. Some were missing pieces of their bones, and some other parts of their skulls had been crushed. The worst part of it all was that none of the wounds seemed to have been fatal. They were merely infected. The hordes of ghouls stood stagnant, staring blankly ahead like an empty shell of themselves. The mortician of death watched in horror as several of them lifted one of their mauled appendages to show him something underneath. It was then that he became painfully aware of another detail that stood out amongst all these dead and disoriented creatures. Yes, they were zombies completely, irrevocably brain-dead zombies. That's what he was seeing. Yet, for some reason, they still had one thing in common. They had the same symbol burned into their wrist, the symbol that was identical to the ones that was burned onto the mortician at death's wrist. The mortician at death took a step backwards, his legs shaking. He was terrified. He was so scared that he couldn't speak. He couldn't even breathe. He was paralyzed with fear. It's impossible. This can't be real. If they were truly zombies, they would be completely mindless and wouldn't know. Uh, the mortician death was standing right there in front of them, right? The mortician death couldn't bring himself to believe it, as he muttered underneath his breath. It's her curse. Angel Anemius, uh, how 
could this be real? No matter how much evidence he had to contrary, he simply couldn't accept it. But he knew they belonged to Queen Angel's anemia. He couldn't believe it. How'd she find me after all these centuries? He wanted more than ever for this to be the horrible nightmare. With that thought in mind, the mortician of death outstretched his father's spork and held it high up in the air exactly as his father did when he held his staff, right before his father chanted and cast a spell. The mortician of death following suit begins chanting a spell while drawing a quick circle around him and his ghouls in the air. He was uncertain if any of this would work, nor did he even know if his father's field staff had been turned into a spork would even contain the same powers as it once held, but he had no other choice in the matter but to have faith that it would. The mortician of death chanted loudly, Worms of decay! His words filled the area with him, with such power it knocked several of these ghouls over. A few even dropped their weapons and collapsed to their knees in pain. Others cried out in anguish and agony. Soon, millions of hungry worms, ready to feast on the decaying flesh, slithered slowly out from underneath every rock and plant until they reached the surface of the earth slowly slithering towards the front of the crowd. Each worm was long, and their bodies stretched out over 20 feet tall, as they moved slowly towards the crowds of infected brain-dead ghouls that had surrounded the mortician of death. As he watched on, he could only see a dark shadow hung above the creature's backs, as if they had someone riding them, and each worm was covered with thousands of tiny hair-like fibers as well. Each worm opened their mouth and sinks their teeth into the flesh upon the rotting, decomposing flesh of each zombie with a certain grace. It crawled slowly towards every zombie. Once the worm reached each ghoul, the worms opened up their mouths and started chomping away, happily feasting upon the rotting flesh of the undead, leaving behind a pool of liquid that soon became a disgusting color and permitted a foul stench odor. When the worms became stuffed, they would drop down to the ground causing more worms to appear, but these baby worms crawled much more rapidly rarely for their first meal. They began slithering through the masses of corpse in search of new victims. As each worm consumed the remains of its former meal, there was a small flush of green light that emitted from the end of each worm. The light quickly faded as the worms began crawling back into the dirt and disappearing beneath the ground once again. The mortician of death watched in silence, so shocked he managed to keep himself alive. He breathed out a sigh of relief before collapsing face first into the ground, panting heavily. It seemed to take him forever to realize he too was a powerful alchemist just like his father. Slowly the mortician of death regained his composure and control over his own breathing, and looked back at his ghouls with his head held high. God damn, that was close. He started laughing excitedly. Quickly making it to his feet, he looked at his group gesturing them to come along now as he led the group towards the forest. Walking through the horde of zombies, the mortician of death, not giving one fuck at this point, wound up accidentally brushing up against a couple of ghouls in his group, which caused them to fall to the ground in pain. The mortician of death paid no mind to what he had done. He just continued on while staring at the spork. After walking silently for a few dreadful minutes, they finally arrived at the edge of the forest where Farewell Mortuary was securely situated. Turning around to look at the ghouls, he pointed. So, we're here. So go on now. He said, looking over and began pointing with a sport towards the entrance of Farewell Mortuary. The ghouls stayed quiet, not trusting themselves to move. 
The mortician of death, growing annoyed, shouted, Go! Causing the ghouls to finally react and follow the orders. One of the ghouls quickly began making their way inside the building. Once the ghouls were all securely inside, the mortician death joined them, slamming the door shut behind him. The sound of a lock being turned echoed throughout the building, and filling an eerie silence. After a moment, the silence was broken by a groaning sound coming from the doorway, leading into the back of the facility. A figure staggered out into the open carrying what looked like a dead rat, wrapped tightly in some kind of leather string in their arms. They stumbled slightly as they tried to get their footing. When they finally found their footing, they noticed their surroundings and began stumbling towards the mortician of death. The mortician death quickly stepped forward trying to stop the person before they made contact. He placed his hands firmly in front of him. The mortician death began saying, Hello Jasper, I have a group for you. Jasper, the mortician of death. Ah yes, I see that. Jasper the mortician had clothes ripped and bloodied, revealing a multitude of scars. One hand cultured at his wound, which oozed a crimson reddish, purple and blue fluid, while the other arm rested protectively over his torso, holding the rat closer towards his chest, as if he was protecting the rat from harm. Jasper the mortician looked like he must have been severely injured, or perhaps had died long ago, because of the extent of damage that his body had taken. But Jasper the mortician was in fact the only person who was amongst the living, well, at least out of every person presently at Farewell Mortuary. The Mortician of Death was very proud at his ghouls for surviving the ordeal that was bestowed upon them only moments ago. However, even though he had survived the encounter, they did not seem happy about it. Their expressions revealed everything to the Mortician of Death. They looked dejected, defeated, and exhausted. They were even more dirty, bruised, and battered. They were covered in blood, pus, filthy and weak. They were all now finally becoming full-on brain-dead zombies, which could only mean one thing, that it was their time was almost up, and if the mortician death didn't act fast, they had all become trapped here on earth, left to wander alone for many centuries. They were all afraid, and they were all confused. It was clear as day to the mortician of death, that they didn't understand what they were meant to do, or why they had become undead. The mortician of death sighed, he felt bad for them. In fact, he felt very sorry for them indeed. The mortician death turned to Jasper, the mortician, with a sorrowful expression upon his face. Why haven't they crossed over yet? The mortician and death questioned. Jasper, the mortician, laughed bitterly before answering. I think they're still oblivious to the fact that they're dead. I mean, I think it's time they find out. Therefore, they can begin departing from Earth. Our obligation is to help them realize that they're no longer alive. We must get them to accept the harsh reality. We need to get their souls to separate from their human form. He and Jasper both knew what needed to happen. If they couldn't complete the ritual of soul separation, then the family of the deceased will not be allowed to have a funeral, nor hold a proper burial service. We must act fast so their souls don't become trapped here. Both morticians looked at one another nodding in agreement knowing what will happen if they both fail. So without hesitation, both men turned around facing the freezer room, saying in unison, Come now, it's time for you to find your human form and say goodbye to yourselves. Since you're in fact dead, it'll only be easier for you once you realize this 
and hopefully after seeing your dead body, you'll then be able to accept the fate and leave this world to go live in another, one that's called the afterlife. This way you can be free from this world and from us, leading the ghouls into the freezer room where the unclaimed bodies lay on and out in display. The mortician of death said firmly, Find your human body and stand beside the gurney and wait for the rest of the group to do the same. Moments later, the shuffling around the room ceased, and the room fell silent. Great job. Now let's begin. The mortician of death and Jasper the mortician both took a step back, raising their right arms high into the air, and began chanting. As they chanted, their eyes grew black, and red swirls that swirled around their irises. The chant grew in intensity, and increased in power, as they were near the final line of the chant. Then suddenly they stopped and lowered their arms. The mortician death held out both palms towards the ghouls. With a sudden movement he pulled both his hands together, and clapped his hands firmly together loudly. Both morticians spoke the final sentence of the crossover chant in unison, words that would grant safe passage into the afterlife. Both morticians stood stock proudly finishing up their chant, while watching each soul separate peacefully from their human body as each soul began fading into the light. Now they would move on to the afterlife.